0: lecture eight part three of christian patience by william bernard ulithorne this librivox recording is in the public domain lecture eight encouragements to patience part three nothing strikes with such a depth into the soul as the passion of our lord and saviour nothing cuts into our folly so effectually nothing implants in us a wisdom so divine. Through the sufferings of Jesus we see straight into eternity, and behold the compassion of God for us miserable sinners. There we see the cost of sin and the value of immortal souls. To love the sufferings of Christ and his patience is to bring his spirit into our heart with great energy and light from his cross he reveals the grand truth to our soul that patience hath a perfect work from the cross he inspires us with the love of patience from the cross he grants us patience when we contemplate the son of god with his spirit exalted above his sufferings and see the heart of the mother exalted to him above her sufferings we feel the healing power of patience and through the patience of the son we see the patience of the father who permits these cruelties for our salvation both in the son and in the mother you feel the divine power of resignation these words thy will be done when they spring from the surrender of all to god bring to the soul a peace and courage that are not without a tasting of the goodness of god why are great trials allowed except to bring the soul to devout acts of resignation this pure resignation as the experienced tolerus observes brings the soul straight to god establishes her in god and makes her conformable to god nor can that soul seek the pure honour of god without respect to her own enjoyment or without a sense of god in her own spirit however hidden it may be true devotion therefore consists in true and most humble resignation and this includes self-abnegation whether we abound in consolation or are left in penury and desolation so that whatever befalls we always abide with god in peace it was thus st paul knew how to abound and how to suffer need secure in god who strengthened him when temptations come and are neither sought nor desired be neither alarmed nor disheartened the virtues are perfected by their conflicts with evil it is useful that god should leave us those evil propensities that we may manfully resist them not by facing them not by prying into them not by giving them countenance in any way but by turning away from them and patiently adhering to god they thus drive us to god when we are the least disposed to seek him and for this lawful striving a great reward is prepared when the crops of the field have endured the rigors of winter they become stronger and more fruitful and it is not every one who can come to perfection without rude conflicts with temptation the words of eliphaz were not applicable to holy job but to many weak souls they have come home with too much truth the scourge is come upon thee and thou faintest it has touched thee and thou art troubled where is thy fear thy fortitude thy patience and the perfection of thy ways job chapter four verses five and six these are the soft and tender souls that have lived in sensible devotions who stand in need of trials not only to strengthen their virtues but to drive them out of themselves that by stress of trial they may draw nigh to god without such trials they never can be perfected it is quite certain as the devout Blosius observes that persons who have a natural propensity to vice and consequently find it a labour to keep the imagination free from vain and foolish images that imprint their colours on the inferior soul when they strive in earnest to mortify themselves and get rid of those intrusions become much more vigorous in virtue than those who are not troubled with such propensities or besieged with such imaginations a statue that has been carved with laborious patience and perseverance into perfect form out of a block of marble is far more precious than the same figure moulded with ease from a lump of soft wax the more difficult the material out of which the soul is perfected the more glorious will be the work when completed hence those who have striven the most vigorously against themselves though they may leave this world imperfect and have to be purified in the next will obtain a much higher place in heaven than those who have not striven with the same energy and patience even though these last should reach heaven without any need of purgation sometimes even souls that are more perfect will feel inordinate movements in their inferior nature or animal senses to which their whole reason and will is opposed a tempest may rage in the inferior nature whilst the superior man is at peace such things do occur and are displeasing to the will but let not that soul imagine that the grace of god has left her for god often promotes the salvation of his elect by things that to the sufferer seem contrary to salvation hence he sometimes permits those foul and infernal temptations that are a horror to the soul amid such involuntary trials the devout soul will resign herself to god adhere to god and abide in her superior nature and will omit neither her good works nor the holy communion for as long as the soul refuses her consent she suffers no injury the imagination may be beset even with blasphemies and other absurd follies suggestions of the evil one and they may almost seem to speak with a human voice still let the soul not trouble herself any more than if they were so many flies buzzing about the face, and let her turn to God. If they grow urgent and vehement, sign the cross, look to our Lord's passion and say to him, Keep my heart immaculate, that I may not be confounded. There may be even a yet more terrible trial. In your hour of desolation it may seem to your fancy that god has abandoned you and that to your feelings he would seem to say you please me no more and i quit you yet even then must you not abandon your patient trust in your heavenly father but must say with holy job in full faith even though he slay me i will trust in him but yet will i reprove my ways in his sight job chapter thirteen verse fifteen for why has this trial come but to strengthen your faith and your hope and to awaken a deeper sense in you of your nothingness apart from god why has it made you desolate but to bring you into the exercise of that fundamental patience and draw out of you that profound resignation which searching your nature deeply Will enable the grace of God to penetrate, secretly indeed, but into the very essence of your soul. We may now sum up the value of patient and resigned suffering in the language of the devout and learned Blosius. Number one, nothing more valuable can befall a man than tribulation when it is endured with patience for the love of God. Because there is no more certain sign of the divine election. But this should be understood quite as much of internal as of external trials, which people of a certain kind of piety are apt to forget. Number two, it is the chain of patient sufferings that forms the ring with which Christ espouses a soul to himself. Number three, there is such a dignity in suffering for God's sake that we ought to account ourselves unworthy of an honour so great. Number four, good works are of great value, but even those lesser pains and trials that are endured with peace and patience are more valuable than many good works. Number five, Every sorrowful trial bears some resemblance to the most excellent passion of our Lord Jesus Christ, and when it is endured with patience, it makes him who endures it a more perfect partaker of the passion of his Lord and Saviour. Number six, tribulation opens the soul to the gifts of God, and when they are received, tribulation preserves them. Number seven what we now suffer god has from eternity foreseen and has ordained that we should suffer in this way and not in any other way would he allow the least adversity to fall upon his children or to come within them or the least breath of wind to blow upon them that he saw was inexpedient for their salvation heat and cold hunger and thirst infirmities and afflictions all these and each of them whenever they befall the servants of god come not only to purify but to adorn their souls Number eight, the artist lays his lines and colors in lights and shades upon the canvas to set forth some beautiful production of his genius the noble maiden is adorned with rich garments set with gold and jewels for her nuptials so god adorns his elect whom he separates unto himself investing them with the magnificent virtues produced by sufferings like those with which he adorned his well-beloved son wherefore all affliction and bitterness must be borne with cheerful patience as they are so much better than the pains of purgatory or the eternal flames Number nine one of the friends of god has said when any one feels affliction or sorrow and is humbly resigned to god this resignation is like a harp that gives out sweet sounding notes and the holy spirit brings out a canticle that resounds melodiously though secretly in the hearing of our heavenly father the lower chords strung in the inferior nature of the man send forth low and mournful notes of grief but the higher chords strung in the superior powers of the soul are full of devotion and resound with the free and soaring notes of patient resignation to the glorious will of god the sensible nature is crucified and sighs over its sufferings but the rational spirit praises god in peace for those fiery afflictions that consume the marrow and the bones prepare the soul for close union with god and as fire prepares wax to receive new forms these trials prepare the soul to receive a better likeness of god nothing can receive the form of another until its own form is put away and before the divine artist can imprint the most noble image of his glory on the soul that soul must give up the image of the old adam with pain and suffering that she may be supernaturally changed and transformed the almighty prepares her therefore for this happy transformation by severe adversities having decreed to adorn her after this divine transformation with the divinest gifts so great a change cannot be effected by soft and soothing baths but by plunging her into a sea of bitterness. Yet all are not brought into the same depths of interior trial, nor are all subjected to the like accumulation of external afflictions. These are God's special favours to souls marked out for great perfection and consequently for a large share of the cross and glory of Christ. To these divine purifications, it may be truly said, that many are called but few are chosen feebler souls are treated in gentler ways some god conducts more in the way of consolation than in the way of the cross others because of their stronger nature require greater purification others again because faithful to the gift of fortitude can endure more for the love of god but in this world or the next must every soul be perfectly purified before her admittance to the open glory of god it by no means follows that the strongest natures whether strong in body or in mind have the greatest share assigned them of the cross and sufferings of christ these favours are granted to those who are faithful to the strongest graces hence we often see them bestowed on persons of feeble frame or of simple mind in whom as true lovers of the cross grace triumphs over nature in admirable ways st gertrude was divinely instructed that sometimes when god would favour a soul by abiding with her when she is not constant in abiding with him he sends her troubles or pains of body or soul to change her spirit, that she may be able to abide with him. These are the mysterious ways of God's grace and goodness, for the Lord is nigh to them who are of a contrite heart. Psalm 33, verse 19. And of such he says, He shall cry to me, and I will hear him. I am with him in his trouble. Psalm 90, verse 15 there is one instruction more and of great importance that may be given in the words of st catherine of siena the pains that people suffer in this world are chiefly inflictions because the will is inordinate if the will were in its right place in its just order and in due accordance with the will of god the soul with such a will would be in a certain manner free from pain for although one endowed with a will so holy and well regulated still feels labour and sorrow yet he bears all this just as if he had no pain because he endures it most willingly and with clear knowledge that he is suffering by the holy will and permission of god his mind is free he has no anxiety about what he so well understands and his will is united with the will of god affliction and pain depend upon how we take them a man is only afflicted through having what he is unwilling to have or through not having what he desires to have take his self-will away and his spirit becomes tranquil and enjoys peace we cannot better conclude this lecture than with the commendations given to the virtue of patience by saint cyprian the holy bishop and martyr of carthage after carefully weighing the goods of patience and the evils of impatience let us hold fast to the full discipline of patience that we may abide in christ and come through christ to god this virtue is so abundant and so manifold that it cannot be kept within narrow bounds or be forced into shrunken conditions it is a far-reaching virtue whose large abundance proceeds from one divine fountain but the streams thereof spread through many paths of glory in our actions and praises nothing can be complete unless the firmness of patience be there to give it perfection patience is that virtue which commends us to god and keeps us with god it smooths down anger keeps the tongue obedient governs the mind maintains peace and upholds us in good discipline it breaks down the assaults of concupiscence holds back the soul from the swellings of pride and extinguishes the hidden flames of hatred In the rich and the mighty it restrains the abuse of power, in the poor it fosters content with their lot. It protects the blessed integrity of virgins, the laborious chastity of widowhood, and the united charity of married life. It makes us humble in prosperity, strong in adversity, and mild against insults and injuries the patient one is prompt to forgive, and ready to ask pardon where offense has been given. By patience we are made strong to resist temptation, to endure persecution, to consummate suffering, to perfect martyrdom for justice sake. This virtue gives to faith its firm ground and strong foundations, sublimely elevates the growth of hope, and directs our energies to follow on the path of Christ in imitation of his long endurance. It gives the spirit of perseverance to the children of God, whereby we imitate the patience of our heavenly Father. End of Lecture Eight, Part Three.